You are listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 82, Avengers Endgame. End. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show about remarkably entertaining things in this case. My name is Greg, and I am here with my co-host, Rob. Hello. And we've replaced Jimmy with a puppy. Yes, we've replaced Jimmy with a toy Australian shepherd named Riley. Riley, you will be you will hear her in the background chewing on things and killing all of her toys. She heard you. She came up to me and was like, are you talking to me? <laughs> so if you hear jingling, the, that is not Rob in some sort of chastity belt. That is a dog collar that yeah, is also not on Rob. And a chastity belt. Okay, so here's what we do. We talk about pop culture, we talk about entertainment, we do a little bit of nostalgia stuff. We are recording on a weird night, but we'll talk about that in a Very second. weird night. Because we have to talk about Avengers Endgame and get that out there so that if you guys want to listen to it, you have it available to you now rather than a week from now. So, uh, we're doing things differently this week. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode. We're not going to do news and all that kind of stuff. We're, like I said, we're trying to get it out in a timely manner. And uh, we want to be able to cover what is now the biggest movie opening in history. Yeah, three hundred and fifty million in North America, and it's already hit one point two billion with a B worldwide. Yes, so that is a very big budget movie that pretty much paid for itself in the first three or four days, give or take. Yeah, I mean that's that's a. I mean. I, <laughs> Uh, I mean, so that's, if that's just in three days, one point two billion dollars. Yep, pretty much. So mm-hmm. if you guys are new to this show, we uh, we do a bunch of little little things. We do like a thing called Snap Decisions, which is like some random news story or something that happened. What's our quick opinion on it? We do stuff like a rant at the end sometimes, where if someone's like annoyed at something kind of trivial, all that kind of thing. Um, but just because of when we're recording, we're, we usually record Wednesdays, which doesn't matter to you guys, but. We are recording on Sunday night after Game of Thrones, which is a reminder. We also do a Game of Thrones podcast that you can find on our feed. Oh my god, that episode was so good too. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be covering that eventually as well. So all of this stuff means we're just going to get started with with the movie. And Rob, go ahead with our spoilers. So, as always guys, this is a review show. There's gonna be spoilers. This is your warning. We are going to spoil some stuff. So... If we're talking about something that you haven't seen, Avengers Endgame, read or listened to yet, then use your own discretion. You have been warned. Yes. Uh, We did mention Game of Thrones. We will not be talking about Game of Thrones any more of this, so do not worry about spoilers for that, by the way. We're doing straight Avengers all the way to the end, and let's just talk about it. So, spoilers be damned. Here we go. All right. Uh, So, just just a little thing. Um, You know, I've... I actually, as some of you guys know, watched every single one of the Marvel movies straight through, except for Captain Marvel, because I was going to go see it that day, but I had to bring my kid to karate, and uh, five hours of movie in one evening was probably a little much. Because it's still in the theater, right? Yeah, it was It was actually playing at 5.20, and my other ticket was at 10.30 or 10.40, so I would have actually been able to do both, but ended up at karate instead. But I highly suggest when... Endgame comes out to watch all of them straight through if you have not, because it took me about a month to watch them straight through. Uh, I did, you know, some of them 
at night, some of them like on my lunch break, you know, because some of them come with digital copies and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And damn, you got a it, long lunch break. Well, I mean, in parts. You know, usually I just play cards all day at work, but <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I was able to do that kind of stuff. But uh, there are so many things, like the big moments I remembered from all the Marvel movies. But there's little things here and there that I forgot. Uh, one of which I'll just give you one. One of which is like just how good the freaking car chase in Winter Soldier was. Like I totally forgot how good it was. Like I remembered the the little bomb on the bottom of Nick Fury, uh, Nick Fury's car SUV thing, SUV thing, but I forgot all the other stuff. Like there's just little things like that. Some of the movies held up better than I thought they did. Like there's movies I thought that I actually liked better than I did the first time I saw them. Some of them upon second viewing, they were, they didn't hold up as well and they weren't my favorite anyway, but they all had redeeming parts. And even the ones that I would say aren't my favorite are still up there as very good movies. Um, okay. And, I think that, like I said, I think that makes these movies better. Uh, so I thought, first of all, I did not believe it was a year since the last movie came out. It just, it didn't seem like a year. Did it to you? You mean since the last Avengers movie came out? Yeah. Like between, I thought like for some reason I had the, I thought it was like a summer, uh, a Christmas behind movie. Like it just did not seem like a full year went by, like almost exactly a year. No, no, I, I, I knew it was summer. So I don't know. It was, it was like, wow. One, I guess time is going faster. And Happens when you get older. Yeah, right. So at the end of Infinity War, of course, you heard had the snap turn around the world, and a lot of our heroes, a lot of people, had basically half of all life disappeared. Yeah. And this movie actually kind of takes you back to right when that happened, and it gives you a little glimpse as to what Hawkeye, or uh, Barton, was doing. And it is heartbreaking. Oh, it really is. And, and he's he's teaching his, his little girl to uh, shoot, basically. And this is this actually is the first time that you hear the full code name Hawkeye, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I think so too. She she shoots a bullseye and he says, "Nice shot, Hawkeye!" Or, nice shot, Hawkeye. So that, that's really the first time that you hear it, which which may be an indicator for things to come. But it's he. They're talking about lunch. He turns around. He tells her to go get her arrow. He's talking to his wife. He turns around and his daughter's gone. There's just a little cloud of dust floating low to the ground. And you're like, oh, no. And then and then he turns around and the rest of his family is gone. So he lost his whole family. Mm-hmm. Was like, oh, And that was God. what he was doing everything for. He was like a protector in the military, but he was doing it because of his family. Right. That, and they were not shy about his that. reason. And that leads you into the movie itself and what the, the heroes basically decide to do. And it, it was kind of a cool little opening. They're like, they decide to basically take it to Thanos because they find Tony Stark, who's playing paper football on a spaceship. Well, and that was one I had, I had a little bit of an issue with that because he's floating in the middle of space adrift. Now, I mean, I understand that maybe he had some kind of like distress signal going, but I mean, they didn't really address that. I mean, and I guess, you know, at some point you that they they have to let the audience, you know, just kind of piece stuff together themselves. Well, I'm guessing this has to be true. They Captain Marvel got to Avengers headquarters and then left again because they already knew her when she came back with the ship. Right. So she apparently got there and somehow they sent her out to go find this this thing. I was wondering about that too because space is not small. Which no, duh. 
So, it, I mean, they ha- it had to be something with that helmet. It had to be some, I don't know. It's, some things I don't, that probably needed to be explained, but there are times where, like, if they make an explanation, it's going to be something dumb, like, oh, one of Captain Marvel's unknown powers is that she is a great GPS system. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like Yelp. You know, you can find uh, the best Thai restaurant in outer space. So, I mean, I, I would have bought the whole distress signal thing mm-hmm. if there had been, like, some kind of beacon going, but, mm-hmm. you know, I... I that that I that I would have I would have the the fact that they didn't even touch on it I was when she showed up I'm like well damn that was lucky yeah <laughs> what are they, they were nowhere they were nowhere near Earth it's not like they were floating between the moon and Earth you know they were no. they were out in the middle of like space yeah yeah when I, whenever that kind of stuff happens I'm always my initial thought is like do I really want an additional twenty minutes of movie showing how something was found yeah well I mean that that something like that they could have thrown in just while they were while they were rehashing what uh, Tony and Nebula were doing to the ship. So anyway, just kind of moving along here, they, of course, they go out there and they decide to seek revenge on Thanos. I love this scene. It was just so quick. Boom, boom, boom. Wait, now, which scene in particular are you talking about? In the hut. They, you know, Nebula, oh. look, I know where they are. I know where he is. Real, real quick, just, just as we're moving on, while they were planning this whole thing and they found out where Thanos was, I loved the, the CG that they did to to, to basically oh, to make show him that he had look withered away. Emaciated, yeah. yeah. They, they did a great job with it. Yeah, it actually reminded me a little bit of... Uh, Chris Evans. Uh, Robert, no, Robert Downey Jr. back when he was in, what was that drug movie that he did in the 80s? Um, that, like, you really thought was going to end up being his real life when he was, like, an addict. Oh, I um, uh, This is embarrassing that I don't know that. I'm going to look that up. your favorite movie? No, it's not my favorite movie. It's just a movie that my wife references all the time. So, oh. like, so she's going to uh, beat me. Oh, Repeat. It was in. God, he's been in a lot of movies. Less than zero. Less than oh, zero. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was good radio. So, yeah, they did a great job oh. with that. And you know, and he's super pissed off. He's like, "Look, I, I told you the world needed a suit of armor, and you were like, all freedom, freedom, freedom." And that was the very famous scene, which is actually referenced later, right. where they well, were all the- sitting around the table. The coffee table playing with Thor's hammer and trying to pick it up. Right. And... Well, the 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 problem though that and and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about this real quick because mentioned it where he was talking about the world needed a suit of armor and he was mad that Cap was against it and I was like, well, but wait a minute, your idea for the suit of armor ended up being Ultron and it screwed everybody. Mm-hmm. So it, how can you how can you use that as your argument when your argument caused? The Ultron fiasco, and it was also right after Hydra took over Shield. Yeah, and it's and I I didn't understand where his anger at Cap was coming from in that respect because that was Tony Stark's fault. Well, was, like, I, I think it it was also the staff too because the staff infected Ultron if I'm as part of it. Like that one that one beast got hit by the the energy from the staff that one robot. So I don't know exactly how magic and technology work together in that, but that's kind of what caused Ultron. Right. But still, I mean, yeah. that was kind of on Tony Stark. Yeah. So anyway, they go up to to. Um, we're not going to rehash the whole movie here because you guys have most likely seen it. But okay. I just thought that scene was great, where the you you know the under the stairs shot of Thanos plotting, and you're like, oh, he's not right anymore. And if, I think yeah. initially everyone thought that it was because of the initial snap, not realizing that he blew up he blew up the stones a second time. Right. And then that. You know, they grab him, they blast him with Captain Marvel, who's, of course, did the whole, what's different this time? Oh, you didn't have me. Blast him with Captain Marvel, the Hulkbuster comes up and grabs him. It's just 
it was just a quick scene. Thor's just like, fuck this. <laughs> and de- decap- decapitates him, cuts off his arm, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very abrupt. I, I was, I was actually shocked when they decapitated him. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. That, wow. All right. That's where we're going with this. Okay. Now what do we do? <laughs> yeah. And then they do a very dramatic black screen in which the word five slowly appears. And then it says years later and my theater gasped, like very audible gasp. Like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. I guess they were immediately putting it together. Like all of these people had lost their loved ones for this long. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that that'll end up being a problem. Continent. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it's going to make things difficult. It's going to make things difficult, but it also has a, which was my initial thought too. And then I was like, well, it could make things interesting because it does give, it does give them a little more room to maneuver at certain things in some ways, you know, like even, you know, just talk like people having to explain stuff, you know, like anytime you do a fish out of water kind of thing, there's, as we're eventually going to talk about, there's people coming back after five years and not being around. Right. There's people that have been remarried, kids that are now older, you know? Right, but it, and that's something that they would that they would likely need to address. But they, um, it, it also sets up some some very convenient scenarios, um, like I was talking about, because you know, all of Peter Parker's friends who were in the next movie, they apparently were all vanished because they're all the same age. Yeah, Flash, it, Flash, MJ, and and uh, not Ben, uh, Ned. Flash. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Is like I was like he's arch, he's DC. His like arch rival <laughs> Flash. Like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and like all the other people in their class, and well, you know, the people who go on the trip. It's mm-hmm. like, well, that's okay. the next movie coming out, so we'll have to see how they handle that. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I think it could cause some issues, but you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. So yeah, they just basically show what's been going on. You know, uh, you know, they they show uh, uh, Hawkeye or Ronan now is basically pissed off that there's still criminals out mm-hmm. there in the world. And he's taken it out on him. This was this happened in the comics, I think, after a completely different kind of scenario in which uh, Scarlet Witch went nuts and kind of waxed everybody, and he went off and uh, killed a bunch of people like that, and took up the sword instead of the bow, that kind of thing. Nice. Uh, I I love yeah. the Ronin costume. I, I actually like that scene. It was kind of out of nowhere. Like it it looked different than the rest of the movie, but yeah, kind of, I kind of yeah. liked living in that world for a while. Yeah, it was it, it was almost like the whole vigilante thing. Mm-hmm. It, it actually reminded me of the scene man. in Deadpool too. Actually. Where he goes into the um, the bathhouse. Was it Deadpool or Deadpool 2? I think it was Deadpool 2. Yeah, it's when he's trying to figure out what happened to his wife. But anyway, that's an aside. Uh-huh. So they do that. Um, they show all this stuff. And I had literally just one problem. And it was a little problem with the movie. What was it? And it's, I hate I hate coincidence in movies. I hate especially ma- small coincidences that make major plot points. And I did not like that Ant-Man was brought back from, as we know, being stuck in the... What's the right? The quantum, the, quantum, the quantum realm. He was brought back by a rat walking across the controller. Super convenient, wasn't it? Yeah, and like you can always say, like, well, it was bound to happen. It just so happened that we picked it, that when it finally happened, we decided to pick up the movie from there. You know, like that kind of idea. But there has to be, there had to be a better way than just a rat. Like, I don't know. I thought that was a little too convenient, and I guess maybe it just shortened the movie, or I don't know. But so Ant-Man comes back. He has an age. He has no idea what's going on. He finally seeks out his daughter, who we last saw. I guess she had to be 10, right? I think so. Um, the last time he had seen his daughter, you know, she, they were playing around in this, like, little fake ant cave thing that he made because he was stuck at home. And yeah. she's like, and now I she's want. a teenager. And now she's like 16. And it's like, oh, 
okay. And he's like, what's going on? And then he basically is like, look, we can bring everyone back. Because when when he I was there... He wants to do a time heist. Yeah, he wants to do a time heist. Because he's like, I was only gone for five minutes in there. Or five hours in there. Five hours, five hours. Yeah. So if we could control this, we can. And they're like, well, we have a scientist. And Tony Stark's like, eh, I'm good. Because no Tony, Tony Stark has changed. And he's finally reached his little zen place. With started a family with Pepper. Yep. Clearly, he started ordering products from uh, Goop, which, of course, is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's company. <laughs> uh-huh. His uh, weird-ass, her weird-ass products. And he's just mellowed out. He's got a super cute daughter, and he's like, anything I do might ruin this. Right. And, and he, he tells Cap that, well, he tells him no, basically. Yeah. No thanks. I got what I need right here. I'm mm-hmm. good. So they... They pull together some of the people that they've been working with. Uh, Koye has been kind of working with them, and Black Widow is sort of in control of the Avengers, and they've got Rocket and War Machine. I always get, like, a nice, warm, like, protected feeling when, when War Machine shows up. I'm not sure why. <laughs> like, whenever he showed up on screen, I was like, oh, okay, cool, we're safe. And, like, I don't know, maybe it's, like, the military background, and how he's always kind of the voice of reason in all the Iron Man movies. <laughs> you know, they, they decide to do this, and, of course... Banner, not really the type of, of scientist and blah, 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 blah. And they're going to go back in time and basically get all of the stones from certain points. And at one point, they do realize that three of the stones were in New York at the same time, which I thought was kind of cool. Well, they, let's 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 first be clear that they, they were trying to do it without Tony Stark and Tony Stark ended up being needed. And that was one of the things that I talked about. Um, at the end of the last Avengers movie, where I was saying that Tony Stark had to play a pivotal role in the resolution of this, because that was why that was the only reason that strange gave up the time jump. Mm-hmm. Cause Thanos was about to end him and right. Tony Thanos Stark. was about to kill Tony Stark and he had to save him. So Tony Stark had to play a pivotal role and he actually ended up doing it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time was providing the science that allowed them to select the time or to control the 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 effects of the time on the person. Mm-hmm. Because I guess they had it backwards. He was saying the first time they were sending time through Lang. Which turned him into a, uh, a baby and an yeah. old man. It was hilarious. And well, he comes one of which was incontinent. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was hilarious. That was one of my favorite lines because he, he they turned him into an old man. Or no, they turned him into a teenager first. Then he turned into a baby. Then he turned into an old man. Then he turned back into himself. And he was like, somebody peed my pants. I don't know if it was baby me or old me. Or maybe it was just me, me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it freaked him out. That was that was one of my favorite lines. I loved that mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, but, I, I thought that, that Ant-Man or... Uh, I'm, I'm, it's because it's one Scott of the morning. Scott, uh, no, his real name. like the actor Paul Rudd. Name. Yeah, Paul Rudd. There we go. Uh, never record at one in the morning, guys. Uh, yeah. I thought Paul Rudd was great in this and, you know, playing off of his kind of everyman type role. Right. Oh, yeah. So uh, as I was going to kind of say early on in this whole thing was the, the movie is long, but it's really kind of broken down into three parts. Yeah. There's the opening basically establishing what the world is like yeah, over, right. I guess, your period, really. And then there's going to be the time heist. And the, the time heist to me was one, I thought it was cool, but it was sort of a love letter to all the past Marvel movies because in essence, they visited them. Yeah, at key and, point, and they and they played off of them a little bit, which was kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were trying to figure out where they could get the stones from, and they 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 
they're limited in their capacity to go back in time because they don't, they need pin particles to do it. And they only have so much of them because it was something that was made by, of course, um, the Ant-Man progenitor, Hank Pym. And so they only have a limited supply of it. And they, they're trying to figure out how to get there and get everybody back and, and be able to accomplish this. Um, well, mm-hmm. they, they come to find out that if they choose the right time, three of the infinity stones are all the new. So Which is pretty cool because at the time we didn't know about one of them because it was, it was from Dr. Strange. It was the time stone, but it was not, we didn't know about that one yet. And right. it wasn't even Dr. Strange was still five years, I think, or many young, he was not yet Doctor Strange, but uh, the the elder or the old one or the ancient one or whatever they call her was like, yeah, he hasn't. He's still doing surgery, and that hasn't happened yet. Like, oh, right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So they they go back to get the stones. Um, two of the missions are successful, very heartbreakingly so. The Soul Gem. So yeah, the Soul Gem, as you remember from the last movie, they have to sacrifice someone. Well, they they have to give up what they love. Yeah. This is the other thing I thought was a little convenient because yes, it makes sense that certain people got sent to certain places, but it didn't necessarily make sense to send kind of street level characters to space. And it just happened to be very convenient that it was two people that actually cared very deeply about each other. Right. That is another thing where they could have inserted a scene where someone who knew, which I guess had to be Nebula, like insisted that it's them showing that she still has kind of a darker side, but is still trying to help. You know, like, no, it has to be you. But, no, we should be in New York. No, <laughs> this has to be you. Did did she do that? I don't... I no, don't... like, they, they should have done that. Oh, oh, oh. Because right. otherwise, because, like, I mean, it could have theoretically been any... Like, they could have sent anybody. Like, oh, Rocket, you've been here. You've been in space before. Why don't you go? Right. And then what's Rocket going to do? Unless he's ever, like, root. <laughs> yeah. So War Machine and Nebula go to get the the stone that... that um... Star-Lord? That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. That, that Star Lord finds at the beginning of Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, where he's running around dancing and stuff, and that was they, they showed them you? watching I'm, him do I'm that. Star Lord, yeah, I'm Star Lord. Who? Yeah. I love that guy, and I love that that guy was in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do him doing the dance without hearing the music and stuff. It's great. I love seeing those scenes from other perspectives. It's such a and, like a Rashomon kind of situation. And and they they show him like singing along to the lyrics like everybody does with headphones on. But, you know, nobody else can hear the music. <laughs> so he's singing badly along with the music yeah. that he's listening to. And, and I liked – well, you know, it's funny. Like when they first get to the planet, they show – or when they show someone kick one of the little rat-looking things. Actually, I think that's uh-huh. Black Widow, different planet. But I was like, oh, that's funny. That's – I've seen that in a movie before. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, yeah. Like it's – oh, just a callback to Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And and this was this was another thing that might have been – a little bit convenient was the linking of the biometrics between the two nebulas mm-hmm. because they were nowhere near each other. I mean, yeah, it's like they, they shared the same neural network, meaning that her brain computer was attached to some off planet like server, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I th- like a Borg I mean, ship or something, but like that, you would think that would cause way more trouble than it would help. You know, like yeah. if if that was the the thing, the second that Thanos thought that she was going to turn good, he would have just wiped her brain. Yeah, I I, I don't know I, that that was one of the thing that was another one of the things that I was like, yeah. It turned out to have sort of big repercussions, but not as long as I thought they would. Right. Well, but that was that was what ended up screwing them up in yeah. the present. So we'll we'll come to that. But yeah, 
Um, Nebula tips off Thanos that they're there because her brain connects with the other Nebula and it like projects a hologram R2-D2 style. Help me, Mm Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. And so Thanos finds out about the plan. And sees himself get beheaded. Yeah. that was Really, that's something that not a lot of people can say. Yeah. And and the big takeaway was that Thanos' big takeaway was that, oh, they're trying to undo what I did, which means... Yeah. Um... So anyway, they get that gem, and War Machine takes off. Nebula starts to take off, and then is crippled by a migraine, a neuro neural feedback, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she ends up getting captured by Thanos. the The other group that goes to New York runs into some problems as well. They're there during the Battle of New York, where the Chitari are invading. Mm-hmm. And they're using the confusion to try and round up the infinity gems that they know are present. So they know that the Sanctum Centaurum is being protected by the Ancient One. Which is so cool, by the way. Like, that's just like a whole other aspect of that battle that we never saw. Right. And And you saw, like, the little yellow blast knocking them out of the sky. I'm like, that's so cool. Right. And that was one of the things that that I I had heard that people complained about. You know, well, if it was in New York, why didn't they do anything to help? And then apparently they were doing something to help. We didn't know about it. Yeah. Which is which is neat. I like that. I like that little setup. Um, so the Hulk goes to the Sanctum Centaurum to collect the time gem, and he runs into the Ancient One, and she gives him a little bit of trouble until he mentions Stephen Strange, and and that's another little thing that that kind of creates a little continuity error because the Ancient One kind of says, "Oh, Stephen Strange, he's supposed to be the best of us all," you know, blah 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 blah. Yet when she met him in Doctor Strange's movie, she was all like. He, I don't want to teach him. How can I teach someone so arrogant? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you know, either either you know what he's going to be and you teach him or you don't want to teach him, but you can't, you know, it can't be both ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So either she knew about him or she didn't. And it's both ways in the two. Oh, by the way, we didn't really mention um, Bruce Banner is and the Hulk have merged at this point, which you guys probably know, which is not, which is very common thing that happens in the comics you get the smart hulk yeah he's figured out how to coexist with the hulk yeah and at first it was like whoa whoa, whoa, what's going on and i love the i love the people like the kids trying to take pictures with them and that kind of thing Uh kind of fun like he's never gonna be able to hide but so anyway there's that the um of course we briefly mentioned the sad one so the soul stone we do we actually mention who died there i don't think we did well we we still haven't finished new york okay yeah yeah sorry so so uh, so the hulk goes to get the time gem he gets it, obviously, because, you know, otherwise the movie kind of falls apart. But she also explains the whole the whole time time travel or time reality thing. And and there's a whole bunch of this. And they make a lot of references to time travel movies in this. And and theirs is a little bit different. And the way and the ancient one explains how theirs works. She's like, at first, she doesn't want to give it to him because then her reality is doomed. So basically the way it works is when you go back and alter something in the past, you're not actually changing your future. You're just creating an alternate reality. And in her alternate reality, when that time gem disappears, then their world is effed, basically, because they don't have that to protect them, you know, like when Doctor Strange faces Dormammu. Mm-hmm. So their reality is effed. Um, and she explains that, you know, they and so they come up with the idea that, okay, we can take the gems, but we can time travel. We can come back and bring it back to this exact moment, which is another problem where I'm like, well, but I thought they only had enough pin particles to go and come back. You know what I mean? Well, they were able to get more. Well, but they didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if, if they had failed, it would have been double bad. 
Yeah. So, but, but yes, it, I, I don't know. I, I just thought that like with any time travel movie there's there's gonna be little holes um and sometimes you just like the way they they demonstrated that though they didn't really get too much into like the super science of it they just had that like that line kind of go across new york yeah and then the one that branched off with the gems yeah yeah and so it was kind of funny that bruce banner was able to interact with it like it was a touch screen it was like yeah he like plucked it out and like wait how do you know how to do that I guess he was he was Soul Bruce Banner at the time, but yeah. So so he comes up with the idea that okay, well we can take the time gems as long as we return them back at the exact moment that we got them from. Your reality will be restored, and so she agrees. She gives him the time gem, and they go on. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man and Tony Stark and Captain America. Yeah. And who was the third one? That's Didn't they have Ant-Man. somebody else? Uh, yeah, it was Ant Man. Oh, and Ant Man. Yeah, Ant Man was. Yeah. So Captain America, Tony Stark, and Ant-Man are the are the other party, and they're trying to go collect the other two stones, in which they need, I guess, the Tesseract and Loki's staff. Mm-hmm. Was that it? Yeah, because yeah, because those were both in the same in the same place. We we had some funny moments here. Um, it's and this is, I guess, essentially immediately after the Battle of New York, where they're kind of wrapping up the um, the staff and the Tesseract, and they're trying to yeah, put them right away. right before they decide to get shawarma. Yeah, right before they go to get shawarma. So they're they're wrapping things up, they're putting them away, they're sending them away for safekeeping, and they're trying to just infiltrate or trying to just swoop in and snag them before they disappear. And it it's going relatively smoothly. They they snag. Which one did they snag first? The, the they got the, uh, they, he got the staff because of a, his hail hydra moment. Oh, uh, that was which, so great! Which of course mimicked the. Uh, so are we going to do this uh, moment uh, in uh, Winter Soldier or Winter Soldier? Yeah, Winter Soldier. Yeah, and that was great. He he steps into an they're they're taking the staff. The all the Hydra agents have picked up the staff, and we know that they're Hydra agents, but they haven't been outed yet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's got crossbones and the 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 Weasley guy with the glasses and the big the like really big guy. Yeah, yeah, and and they're all in the elevator and they're taking this staff down and. And the door opens up and Captain America is standing there. And it's it's the Captain America from our current reality. And he steps in and and they're all kind of uncomfortable because they're like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? And he's like, all right, boys, I'm I'm going to take the staff. I, I just got called. I just got called by the secretary. I'm I'm taking the staff from here. And they're like, I'm sorry, we can't let you do that, Cap. And he's like, no, it's OK. And he leans into the guy's ear and he and he whispers, hail Hydra. And they all kind of look at him like, what? <laughs> Because he knows that they're all Hydra, but they don't know that he's Hydra, and they just kind of hand the staff to him. <laughs> it was like, I love that. Oh scene. my god, everyone, that actually everyone, worked. Everyone cheered in the theater. They yeah. thought now that moment right there, I think, was a little bit of a a little bit of an Easter egg to kind of screw with some fans because Captain America in the comics very recently was actually a Hydra agent based on the Tesseract, which in the comics is called the Cosmic Cube, and it can change right. reality. And they made, and people were so pissed off that they had Captain America. Well, was it even Chris Evans mad about it? I'm not sure, but I was so like, I, that was so dumb. Not that they did it. I don't care. But like, have you people ever read comics? Like, like it's a story that can be wiped out in any second. Like he wasn't really a Hydra agent forever. He just wasn't. Like, don't be stupid. Right, but and, 
But again, I mean, they have every right to express displeasure with a with a story arc and be like, I can say the story sucks, but like they were so pissed off that people are getting like hate mail and death threats and stuff like that. Well, you know, people are stupid and they go over. That's what I was. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can say, I like I didn't like this story arc. That's great. You know what? I read it. It wasn't great. You can can say this story arc sucks. This is this is a terrible idea. You're shitting on the memory of Captain America. There's people saying like, which I thought was the funniest part, just as a big aside here. They were saying like, you know. Two Jewish people invented Captain America, and doing this is besmirching their name. And like, there's like an issue of Captain America, like number fifty three, where they actually did. What if Captain America actually was a Hydra agent? Right. That they did. The people that created the thing. So it's not like they cared. Right. And back when they were doing it, it was like a comic was a quick story that they put out, and then people bought it, read it, and threw it away. It wasn't a big right. deal. Yeah. So that was a whole other side of things. But I just thought that was kind of a good little like, eh, take this. And it was great. It was funny. It was good. It was a great moment. And it was, def- again, after, after having seen those movies recently, it was a good thing. And so and so they go to collect the Tesseract, and they have a little bit of trouble. Stuff goes sideways. They lose the Tesseract. But one of the other key points here is that Loki is now in the wind. So... Uh, yeah, a version of Loki is poof. Yes, a version of Loki is now in the wind. There is a reality where Loki does exist because he got away and he wasn't imprisoned and taken back to Asgard. So, mm-hmm. so there, there's a possibility that we could get Loki in the future, but they'd have to work out some weird way of getting him into our reality. But you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then one of my other favorite moments of the movie is the the Captain America battle. Yes. I yep. Captain America versus Captain America. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was great. And you know, the Captain America from the alternate reality of, of course, thinks he's Loki, and <laughs> he's like, "I've got my eyes on Loki," and he's like, "I'm not." Mm-hmm. Because because Loki had actually just made fun of Captain America by turning into him, right? And the arrest scene. So yeah, that's yeah, and there's this awesome battle on like a glass thing, but, and you you definitely see as you said before recording you definitely can see like the change in captain america where he's like all straight laced and very 40s yeah because because he used to complain about tony stark using profanity and then at the at the end when he's beaten the old captain america or yeah the the uh, past version of the captain america he's like that is ass yeah because uh ant-man or was it ant-man or no tony stark says that's uh that, that suit did his, his old uniform ass. did not did nothing for your ass and ant-man's like that is america's ass i disagree cap that's a great ass. That's America's ass. <laughs> I will. Uh, I went to a, uh, where was it? Oh, I was at Costco today and there was a guy wearing the uh, the bathing suit that is an American flag. Uh-huh. And I turned to Alicia and I said, that's America's ass. She's like, oh boy. <laughs> nice. Nice. It was not America's ass. Actually, it was probably more likely America's ass than Captain America. Because it was, it was bigger. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so anyway. They, they've lost the one and they need to try and figure out a way to get both of them. But now they're short on pin particles, so they have to get more of those. And then they come up with a way to get both and they go yeah, back I even kinda, further. I kind of thought the scene was neat. This, like, going back to the 70s, it was a little bit of a surprise because it was one of those places that we hadn't been to before. Right. And, and you, got to, you got to see some cool stuff. Like, it, it, this really took me back to the earlier Marvel movies because you saw a bunch of hints at things like Ant-Man's helmet from, like, the original comics. Yeah. And you saw... Yeah. Uh, Stan Lee's last cameo, theoretically. Now, was that actually Stan Lee, or was he CG'd in? I am not sure. I think he he looked young, so either they had him in there. They definitely had his voice. You can't mimic his voice. So either he recorded something and they CG'd him in, or I don't know. I I haven't looked that up yet. Okay. So, but we we have a nice interaction with uh, Tony and his father. He runs into his father while they're at the base. And Cap actually runs into 
Peggy, mm-hmm. Agent Carter. And you also see uh, Jarvis, who is in, if you watch the Peggy Carter TV show, which is very good. Uh, you, the, all of those characters were like in that as well. Now, the one problem I did have was that Peggy Carter looked damn good for being, what, 55? <laughs> yeah, it had to be, she had to be in her 20s in the 40s. Yeah, so, so in, yeah, she would have been yeah, she would have been in her mid fifties. She did. Yeah. They did add a little bit of gray into her hair. Yeah, but, but she still looked damn good for being in her fifties. Yeah. So of course they succeed. They get that and they head back. So the the one that we haven't talked about yet is the soul crushing one where they go. They send Hawkeye and and Black Widow for the soul gem. Mm-hmm. And as everyone knows. To get the soul gem, you have to sacrifice something that you love. Well, the only thing that that Hawkeye has left that he loves is Black Widow, and Black Widow still loves Hawkeye. You know, they're best friends. So somebody's got to go. I liked this scene. I thought it kind of made sense. I thought it was very interesting, the ambiguity when they were were Mm -hmm. talking to each other. But I did have a little bit of a problem with the end of it, considering the stakes. What do you mean? When one of them finally jumps off the edge, uh-huh. the other one jumps with them. Right. And that's either supreme confidence in the fact that you can catch someone as they're falling and launch your your little grapple thing and save yeah. that person and not ruin the entire plan. Right. Because that was the best thing. Because at that point, the whoever jump ends up going over. Plus, on top of that, the sacrifice thing, like, do they have, like, at that point, they didn't know if that was actually going to work if someone committed suicide. Right. Like, do you, and, like I, that's my thought. I was like, oh, they have to push the person over. <laughs> Riley does not like this part either, apparently. No. But that was like, so I had a little bit of a thing there. And I'm, I'm, you're going to know my opinion at the end of the, of the movie or at the end of this podcast, what I thought of the movie. But I, uh, I did think that was a little bit troublesome just because whenever they, whenever they joke around and do little things like that, when it's so much at stake. Yeah. That's a little bit like too, a little bit too reminding me that I'm watching a movie. Yeah. But we, we apparently lost Black Widow for good. For good, because there's no way to bring back somebody who has sacrificed for a soul gem. They yeah. now live in the soul realm, inside yes. the gem. And they um and of course she's going to have her own show on the new Disney Plus thing, so it'll have to probably be a prequel or something along those lines. Or or it could be her in the soul realm. That'd be weird, considering, yeah, like, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, So now they get the soul gems, of course, they bring it back. We'll just go ahead and buzz through this, because we need to get up to the giant battle. Oh, cause so let's say you guys out there saw it. So snap the finger. People start coming back. You get your phone call, realizing everything has come back. Uh, I'm going to yada, yada, yada. The major port- points of the movie here, yada, yada, yada. Nebula does her thing. Brings well, the, in. the old Nebula, the old Nebula replaces the, the current Nebula. Yeah. Brings Thanos from the other reality back. As basically a miniaturized version of the ship. If they didn't have that many pin particles. It's amazing how, how few pin particles can, take that entire ship and shrink it but yeah i guess it did it with the building so big ship comes out right as they're in the middle of uh they're uh about to do the snap in i guess a different part of the building and this huge ship appears and we get the original three avengers walking out to meet up with thanos who is sitting casually on the ground after, I, after blow, like I guess, did they they blew up the they blew the hell out of the building first? So yeah, well, they, I, I I'd like to I'd just like to comment on how beautiful the use of of light and silence was at the moment right before the ship attacks, because they I mean all they really did was shine like sunlight down in through the windows 
and you saw the birds flying around, which was something that I didn't really notice was missing. Yeah, half of all until, animal life, too. Right until they brought them back. So mm-hmm. now you've got now you've got the the area that's teeming with life. It's got all the birds flying around, and he gets the phone call, and then the complex just explodes. well, the Hulk was laying on the ground because he did the snap. And he's right. looking at, he can see it through the skylight and he sees, he's, right. he sees the ship and his eyes get big and then it blows up and Ant-Man gets, it, it looked like Ant-Man got hit dead on, but I guess he shrunk. Which I don't know if that, I think that would actually be worse <laughs> if you shrunk when you got hit. Uh, maybe. Because you'd be just vaporized. Yeah. Surface area and whatnot, but whatever. Uh, yeah. And you know, this was just, it became all out war at this point. You know, there's, there's a, a few huge moments and I think. The original three Avengers walking out there to battle with Thanos, just three three on one, led to the to two of the moments that I was looking most forward to in this whole series. When they said that they were doing this this thing, having both of us read Infinity War, what's the first thing? Uh, do you remember Infinity War, like the or Infinity Gauntlet, the book? Um, you were saying? No. Oh wow. Okay. Well, apparently um, Siri wanted to chime in as well. Man, we replaced Jimmy with a uh, with Siri and a dog. So, go on. Did, do you remember no, Infinity I, Gauntlet? I, okay, I, so, I don't remember. So there were two scenes in Infinity Gauntlet that I was like, I have to see these two scenes. One of which was Thanos smashing the shield. Mm-hmm. And the other one was Cap basically standing up to Thanos and being like, you haven't one of one of us still stands. And they didn't necessarily have him say that, but they did have him standing up. Standing. It was a far shot, but it was there. And it looked a lot like it in the comic. Right, comics were a lot different then. They they used individual panels more so than big spreadsheets. So like, it's this major moment. And it's a little square at the bottom of the page. But um, I thought that was great. And of course, something that's been hinted at in Marvel comics a whole bunch. They do it. They've done it oh. at least two times, and it brought so great. cheers in my theater. And that, of course, was the hammer hitting Thanos as he was about to uh, kill Thor by pushing his axe through his chest, and the hammer flies in, hits Thanos, and it flies back, and it's Captain America that threw it. He's like, Captain I, America is worthy. Which, you know, it's funny. We've gotten all the way through this and we didn't even mention that Thor is kind of a, has become a big slacker at this point. He's just basically oh, a drunk because he was just a drunk. He looks a like, yeah, he's got dad bod. He's got, he's like the big Lebowski. He's basically hanging out with Korg, by the way. It was awesome seeing Korg back playing video, yeah, playing, <laughs> playing uh, uh, video games, Fortnite and yelling at children. Yeah. And he's, he's got a big old beer belly. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, uh, you know what runs through my blood? Cheese whiz? <laughs> yeah. So that was an awesome battle. It was, you know, like Iron Man had like his armor able to translate Thor's energy into energy or Thor's electricity into energy beams. It's just a quick, well choreographed battle. And eventually kind of Thanos came up on top and he's like, right. But it's, it's, it's amazing how strong Thanos. Yeah. Well, they, they never really got into it, but he's a Titan. So he's kind of like one step below God in a way. Or a bubble god? I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly how that works, but right, definitely a badass. Definitely a extreme level, yeah, character. But that does not preclude him from having in a giant freaking army, which is then revealed as uh, you know they have Hawkeye found the glove and he's running around and there's all sorts of stuff going on at the same time, and you see this army appearing and there's just thousands of these. I guess they're called outriders and the big whale mm-hmm. things and the Leviathan. Yeah, and the three minions from the first movie, as well as just other assorted critters. There's like a new like gorilla-looking one. Yeah, and it's like, well, shit. And then you see the little Doctor Strange teleportation circles, which oh, I, yeah. which people went ape shit in my yeah, theater. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. 
And the first three people that step through are the the three uh, heroes we'll from Black it. Panther. Yep, and you can tell you just see him in silhouette, and it's a beautiful shot. Speaking of light and yeah. and like just the orange glow in the background, the everything's dark, and you just see the silhouette of the three characters. You can totally tell who they are. And then you know Falcon flies through, and then and then you see just a bunch of these other circles open up. And, you just and see, then you've got hundreds of them. Yeah, hundreds of Wakandans. You've got. Uh, it's, it was kind of interesting when they paired, like how they paired them up. Like I thought it was kind of neat. Like Guardians of the Galaxy came out with with somebody, and I don't know. It was just mm-hmm. it was cool. So Doctor Strange apparently, when everything came back, he knew what was going to happen because he had seen it, and he basically immediately gathered everyone up. and And you get the one line that had never been spoken in the Marvel universe: "Avengers assemble." Yep. And love the pause. Mm-hmm. Love that. Loved that it finally came. Uh, you had I had read a bunch of stuff. People pissed off that they never said it in any of the other movies, and they finally did. And I, I think that it paid off. It, yeah. Huge payoff. Oh, there there was a lot of payoff in this movie, and it was yeah. it was yeah. yeah Ant Man stepping on things. We had there was a <laughs> there had to be. I'm gonna try to figure it out someday. There had to be reference to every one of the movies. Like even you know, well, there's a big reference to Ant Man and the Wasp, but like the 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 horn in Ant Man and the Wasp is how they found the car. Like, did they really seed that back then? Like, it's just amazing. Some of the little yeah. things that, like, like, did they really have this that mapped out? Yeah, and the um, the I I love to see as as they charge in. You know, Ant Man grows giant, and then like just straight up punches a Leviathan in the face. Um, crashes. Uh, Valkyrie shows up, which was awesome to see her again. Oh, from, great! From the remarkably good Thor Ragnarok wing, peg, wing Pegasus on her Pegasus. Mm-hmm. That movie was still isn't. I've seen it like four times now since it came out. Maybe even more. It was still mm-hmm. as enjoyable. Yeah. And that's been like five or six. Seeing yeah, seeing her come in and and fly and like yeah, sliding the sword thing. It was it was awesome. Yeah, there there was just so much going on in this battle. But one of one of the really great moments was the arrival of Spider Man. Yes, and Tony Stark seeing Spider because losing losing Peter Parker, losing Spider Man, really destroyed Tony. Mm-hmm. And, and he still has this picture up in his kitchen, which I yeah. thought was a nice scene. Yeah, and and seeing Peter Parker and Tony actually comes in and gives him a real full on hug, not like the which, fake hug where he was like, "Oh, I'm just getting the door for you, kid. Don't worry, don't." Yeah, which that's another thing that I thought was great. Like they they seeded that in yeah. that in it was it was a year ago. But it was it was impressive. Yeah, like a, well how do we show that Tony Stark has changed? Oh, well, back then this happened. Let's do it. It was great. It was it was those little moments that just like made me tear up. Um, yeah, and and they're the, all the Wakandans show up. All of their all of their reinforcements show up, and they're actually doing pretty well in the battle. They're they're still having a little bit of trouble with Thanos, but their forces are holding their own against Thanos's forces until mm-hmm. Thanos decides. You know what? Forget this. Let's just let's just raise the battlefield, and he says, "Make it like make it rain or rain fire or something." Rain fire, like yeah, yeah. He tells he tells his like his telekinetic minion, "Make it rain fire." And what about your troops? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So the the ship just starts lighting up the battlefield, just lighting it up, and you know things are exploding, and Groot, just Groot chaos goes down. Just Everyone chaos goes down. everywhere, and then the ship stops firing on the battlefield. <laughs> And the ship starts firing up into the sky, and it's like, what? What is it shooting? Because nobody can see it, and they all kind of look up, and they're like, and the clouds are glowing yellow. <laughs> what is it shooting at? And then Captain Marvel arrives. Boom! <laughs> and, Just like in her movie, and does exactly what she did in her movie to Thanos's ship, and just just wrecks it, just destroys it, flies through it a couple of times, and it just kind of falls apart. 
Yeah. I actually, I was very excited to see Captain Marvel. I thought it was awesome that she was there. I liked her appearance. I liked her attitude. I liked, I loved her little kind of smirk towards uh, Peter Parker Mm -hmm. when he's like laying down. He's like, hello, Peter Parker. Just, it was cute. Yeah. But I'm also glad she wasn't there the whole movie. Yeah. Because I think that she's so overpowered, which is always a problem. Like you look at Superman movies when someone's that overpowered, you have to come up with like kryptonite or something. Right. That anytime anything happened, it would be in Captain Marvel that has to bail them out. So it was yeah. kind of a good thing that she's like, look, I'm not going to be on Earth all the time. There's thousands of other planets where this is happening. I've got stuff to do. Yeah. You are. And that's, one. that's very, very smart. Yeah. And because you're not going to get that question like, like we're watching Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, if all this stuff is going on, why didn't Captain Marvel show up? <laughs> yeah. And, and the, and she pretty much does go toe to toe with Thanos until Thanos kind of outsmarts her. He pulls the gem off and he basically blasts her away. And punches her with it. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. So, so Thanos at this point does, there was a pretty cool scene with Hawkeye running like, and he's a normal human running with the, the glove or the infinity gauntlet. And then it's like hot uh, potato. Yeah, and then uh, you you Black remember the grabs it, which was awesome. And then you remember with, the game when you were a kid, kill the man with the ball. Yes, that was exactly it. That that's exactly what that game was. Or Black Panther gets it and gets blasted. Then Spider Man picks it up real quick, and, and he actually uh, has it for a long for a long period. And mm-hmm. he's he's super agile, so it makes sense. But mm-hmm. he ends up giving it to Captain Marvel, and their their idea yeah, is it goes to Spider Man, I think. Well, no, he gives it to Captain Marvel. Spider-Man gives it to Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And Yes, and, to bring it to the, the van to... Right, the idea is to get it, get it to the van so that they can return the gems back to the to the time that they got them from. Mm-hmm. So that's the plan. And if they can get the gems away from the battlefield, then Thanos can't really do anything. Yeah. So, so we get this really nice, if not overly in-your-face girl power moment. Um... Which is funny because, like, like I said, I didn't realize it the first time I saw it till the second time when someone had mentioned it. I was like, "Oh, that's what that right. is." Okay. Yeah, and and it elicited a cheer, and I liked it as well. And it was almost like Marvel saying, "Hey, look, we have all these female superheroes." Blah 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 blah. Look, so because Captain Marvel was ready to run the football basically to the to the van to get the gems out of there. And they're like, you can't do it alone. And Okoye says, she's not alone. And then next thing you know, like all of the female superheroes are there. Scarlet Witch and uh, Pepper yeah. Potts, I think was there as, yeah, as Pepper, Iron. Oh, and that as, was a great rescue. Too, when mm-hmm. she showed up and she was fighting back to back with, with uh, Iron yeah. Man. That, was, that mm-hmm. was another great scene. And you know, referenced in Iron Man three. She got, yep. she sort of had a suit and earlier in this movie. So cool. And, and so you've got Pepper Potts, you've got Wasp, um, you've got Okoye, you've got Valkyrie. I mean, you've got all these female superheroes and, you know, they're, they're basically saying, look, we've got all these female superheroes, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, but how many of them actually have a movie? Marvel? Come on. But was actually funny, like beyond that, I didn't think of it that re- way. I actually thought of it as this is something that happens on the, on comic book covers. Like that mm-hmm. everyone has to do their superhero pose mm-hmm. that doesn't actually happen in real life. Like in a battle scene, no one would like all get together and pose. Mm-hmm. Like you always have the one where like with Spider-Man's got the one leg out and Iron Man lands with his knee and his fist on the ground. And like that doesn't actually happen in real battles, but it happen- definitely happens on comic book covers. So that's actually what I thought was going on. I'm like, oh, every- OK, they're doing the like hero pose. But I wasn't actually taking note of the fact that all the heroes, heroes were, were female. Mm-hmm. But when I saw it the second time, I'm like, oh, OK, that's kind of that's neat. But also it was for naught because Cap- <laughs> Thanos, of course, blew up the van. Poor, rest in peace, uh, ex-con. Yeah. 
the ex-con van um, gets uh, gets blowed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they can't send it back in time because that also contained, of course, the time travel thing. If you have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. And, and Thanos ends up with the gauntlet. Thanos ends up with the gauntlet. And I like the little thing Doctor Strange did. Yes. He, just, he waited, kind of put up his finger like, hey, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? He's, he said, I can't, because Tony asked him, you know, is this the, the one in the 14 million? Are we going to win this? And he says, if I tell you, it won't happen. So he waited and he waited and he waited. And Tony looks over at Dr. Strange and Dr. Strange just holds up his, his finger, you know, the, the index finger sing, signaling one chance, one chance, the one in 14 million. And Iron Man jumps on it. Mm-hmm. And he just attacks Thanos with abandon. Thanos has the gauntlet on, but Iron Man swoops in to try and snatch it off of him. Thanos essentially whoops him, yeah. pushes him off, and and goes to give his line the "I am inevitable" and snaps, and nothing happens. <laughs> Which was, and of course, he flips his hand around, and when Iron Man had grabbed it, he had absorbed the stones. Which, by the way, the gauntlet at this point was actually an Iron Man glove. It was. And yeah. that's probably why he was able to to switch him. Yeah. So does that. He gets off his snap, and basically everything turns to dust. Well, all of Thanos' forces. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, all of the Thanos' forces. I love the uh, the Leviathans turning to dust and everything. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And everyone in my theater cheered. Thanos sits down, realizes he's been beaten, and then turns to dust. Mm-hmm. And, of course, however... We're not without some some losses here, and of course this ends Tony Stark's run in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, because he does not survive, which I thought was actually kind of that was a little funny that Peter Parker was there, like right in front, like right mm-hmm. in front, and like Gwyneth Paltrow did a really good job acting there because she doesn't really like so much as push him away, but like embrace him and like twist around him. <laughs> if something had happened to my significant other and someone else ran over and got between me and that significant other, it would be definitely a pushing out of the way kind of situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was great. I mean, speaking of the acting in the whole movie was great. I thought everyone was yeah. excellent. Um, I still wonder where where Scarlet Witch's Russian accent went because it comes and goes through all of the movies. But other than that, I thought everyone was great. Yeah. So Tony Stark, who started this whole thing with the Iron Man movie, he's gone in the Marvel Universe. He died. Uh, yep. There's a video recording where he made a video will, so to speak, or to talk to his daughter. I love you three thousand. Yeah, which totally got me. Does not help that my child says something very similar I, I believe he says i love you a million oh yeah to to his mommy i get like i love you like three but no he is very he says i love you a million to both of us thank you very much but yeah so it was i mean that was it was sad I mean, to see him go and it was inevitable not like thanos is saying but i mean these actors have been in these roles for 10 years in some cases and they have to do other things they some of them are getting older some of them just want to branch out you know Chris Evans didn't necessarily want to be a star like this type of star. He wanted to do smaller movies and not be as recognizable, but it was a big opportunity. And he was fantastic as Captain oh. America. Mm-hmm. So like, so and it's have- funny because everyone thinks of him as a Captain America type, but he's, uh, he's actually more like his character in, uh, the losers. No, uh, uh Scott Pilgrim. Like he's, he's like more earthy <laughs> than mm-hmm. a Captain America, like super patriotic guy, but yeah. he's had to change him in real life because what he, what's he going to do? So anyway, uh, yeah, he, uh, the battle's over. The day is won. Iron Man does not survive, which is making Riley very upset. Yes. Okay. All right. You want up? (laughs) She's good. Okay. So Riley joining us on the program. 
Okay, so anyway, yeah, uh, the day is done, and we have one last little thing to kind of tie up. Well, two, and one of which is the bringing the stones back. Yes. So they send uh, they send Cap back with the stones. He's he's the and, one that's going to do it. Well, and and it kind of makes sense that they have to send him back because he's also taking Mjolnir back to where they took it from, and yeah. he's the only person who can carry it besides Thor. Yeah, true. So so he's got to go. Um, so of course it, it's, it's actually very convenient for movie watching that, you know, you can be gone as long as you need to be, but we only have to wait a few seconds. So they send him out and they're going to bring him back two seconds later, or 10 seconds later, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't come back. And of course, uh, Bucky sees someone off in the distance sitting by this lake that they were all near. And at first I, I thought this was genius because they needed some way to write him out. They didn't want to mm-hmm. kill him. Apparently they didn't want right. to kill him apparently. And I thought it was, I thought it was very clean. But yeah, you are pointing out that there are some differences yeah, based there, on there, the way they did stuff. There were some problems um, with the way that they resolved this. Now, th- there is a way around it, but I'm going to I'm going to run through it real quick because the cat I basically that- stayed in the past real quick for all of you guys that yes. didn't figure it out. Cat stayed in the past so he could be with Peggy because Iron Man was always telling him go get a life like yeah. mine. Yeah, so he decided to so stay. He he stayed in the past and he lived out a life with Peggy. Um, now the problem is is that. In in their version of the way this works, Cap has has essentially created an alternate timeline, right? Because he introduced something that wasn't there before. Correct. Yes. So now, by their logic, that an alt changing something in the past just creates an alternate reality and doesn't actually change your future. Cap Cap would not be able to just show up there and and just be sitting on the bench after the battle or after the funeral i guess it was after the funeral. he wouldn't be able to just show up and and be sitting on the bench after the funeral because he's actually now in a different reality so what he would have to do was he would have to live out his life save that suit and those pim particles or whatever and then use them to travel back to that exact moment after he had lived what looks like to be like another 60 years or so. mm-hmm. because remember he doesn't age like everyone else does either yeah he uh, assuming they probably brought him back right to World War II. Right. So he didn't go back to the 70s. He went back, you know, to the 40s. Right. So so he's he would have to have held on to that suit, held on to those pin particles, and then used it after he hit, like, his 120s or whatever to, to return to that exact moment. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I guess you could go that route, but it, it sure seemed like what they were setting up was, you know, he just lived his life up to that point and then showed up at that bench at that moment in time. Yeah, like he... A la, a la you know, Back to the Future 2, you gotcha. know, where Doc sends him a letter. And Which says, they reference, of I'm course. in the Old West. Yeah, yeah. They, they reference it a lot. It's like, I'm in the Old West. So, you know, he sends him the letter right at the exact moment in time. But it it doesn't work with the, that that idea doesn't work with the rules that they had set in place there's a little bit more shenanigans that have to go into actually making that happen yeah and and i guess i guess it could and that is something that they could do off screen but that's not you, you know it's not as intuitive mm-hmm. makes for a good good moment though oh absolutely and I, I did it's one of those things like having watched the peggy carter show and and there was always interviews with the actress that paid that played Peggy, uh, Haley Atwell, when they yeah. like she was married. They mentioned her being married at some point. And whenever they asked, who are you married to? She's never answered in real life and they never answered it in the movies. And right. which is kind of neat 
because again, that could be one of those things. Like, did they know? Or because in the show, they hinted that she was going to marry the guy. Did you watch the show? No. So the show, there was a, the guy from Dollhouse, the one that looked kind of Russian with like the black hair. He was one of the main characters on Dollhouse. He played like a fellow like agent with her. And they always assumed that because they were kind of sort of thinking about dating kind of thing. It was set in the fifties, I guess, but they assumed it was him that she married, but they never actually said it. And then never, the show got canceled. So it never paid off, but it's entirely possible that they were hinting that cap married her and lived forward, but that might've screwed up the whole timeline thing. Well, it it, it showed that he had a ring, right? They, they did show that he had a ring and he didn't actually say that he married her because, you know, Falcon asks, you want to tell me about her? And he's like, no, thank I do. And, and I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I don't think that, I mean, I guess they never actually said it, but if, if Agent Carter was set in our, in the current time or in that, in that timeline, then no, it couldn't be Cap because remember Cap created an alternate reality when he went back and stayed. So, but does it always create an alternate reality? Like if he lives a completely boring, uninteresting life while there's another Cap doing stuff? Like after well, no, there, there was no Cap doing stuff, remember? Well, there was because after Cap he got in prison. In, right, but Cap was stuck in the ice. Mm-hmm. So so when he came back, he actually created an alternate reality where there were two Caps. One stuck in the ice and one living there. Whether whether or not he... Just, just the fact of him being there creates an alternate reality. Because anything that he changes, like he gets married to Peggy, that changes the reality and it branches off. You see what I'm saying? I'm sure someone will come up with it. I'm going to go ahead and say it works because I liked it. It was a good scene. <laughs> it, well, I, I just thought it was weird that they spent that they spent the uh, a lot of the time, you know, explaining that it didn't work that way. If you change something in the past, it didn't affect the affect the future. It just created an alternate reality, and then kind of disposed of it uh, or ignored that at the end of the. And they kind of led you led you down that path of oh, you know, this is here we are. It's like, no, he's, he's not there. He's in an alternate reality. My thought was there was something with like a loop involved, like because of the mobile strip thing. But again, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for someone with some sort of degree in quantum physics and time something mm-hmm. to figure it out. So let's just close this out here. Uh, there's a few things. We, we of course see the funeral, the camera pans through the crowd. And you see basically everyone that's ever been in a, a Marvel movie, like the main characters, at least. Except of course, morning. Gamora is not- noticeably absent. Yeah. From the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So I'm guessing, well, because remember, this Gamora is the bad guy Gamora. The, or the, the right. almost reformed Gamora. Right. But I was like, where the F is Gamora? Yeah. What happened? So you see all these characters. You see the camera pans through. There was one character that was a, a teenage kid standing by himself. And the dude next to me was like, who's that? And I just guessed. And you figured it out too. Like, I just guessed. I'm like, that's got to be the kid from Iron Man 3. Because, mm-hmm. like, why else would that kid be in that movie? And they kind of hinted that that kid had some technological skill. Another, another right. uh, coincidence, by the way. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's entirely possible this movie could set up, like, a Young Avengers kind of situation. Yeah. Because you have uh, that kid. Because you've got the, the new Hawkeye and that kid. And, yeah, the Hawkeye, which um, Rob already mentioned, would be the um, uh, Hawkeye's daughter or, or mm-hmm. who was training. And Ant-Man's daughter. Yeah, and uh, in New Avenger or Young Avengers, Ant-Man's daughter, there's a character named Stature who could grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a new Captain America, of course, with, with Falcon, which is foreshadowed in the books. And by the way, if you ever get a chance to look up the Falcon Captain America costume, it's awesome. It's it's one of the best costumes in Marvel. Not right now, but when it was available. Nice. It's very cool. Uh, I was I was a little disappointed because I thought the the mantle should have gone to Bucky. 
Yes, because he actually has the serum. Yeah, he's actually got arm. superpowers. Yeah. Yeah, and and Falcon does not. Falcon I would like just a regular to see guy. if there's another movie with. I would like to see both of them in it, though, which I think would happen. But I, to- oh, yeah, I totally absolutely. thought that he was going to be it. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we're going to probably get a new Thor as our as Lebowski Thor decided to go back to new Asgard, which is on Earth now, which we also didn't mention. There's a lot in this movie. Yeah. And basically gives over the mantle of Thor or basically makes Valkyrie in charge. He, give, he gives the throne to Valkyrie. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just going to go off into space. And he pops into uh, the the ship, which is actually funny, by the way. That's another one of those things. Like, if you notice when, when she's like, well, where are you going to go? And he's like, I've got a ship. And there's this giant ship just like right off the side of the cliff next to them. Like, mm-hmm. like she didn't see it. <laughs> like they did it yeah. for like the, the audience, not for her. Yeah. So she, he's, he's going to go off and be uh, the Asgardians of the galaxy. Yes. And, and I, I really hope that's what they call volume. Yeah. I hope they call it Asgardians of the galaxy volume three. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's one other little thing that I noticed a lot in this movie. Maybe it's just me. There was a mm-hmm. lot of themes of fatherhood in this movie. Yeah. Like a lot like Iron Man and his father, Iron, uh, Tony Stark and his daughter. Uh, there was, of course you, there's a lot of Hawkeye, yeah, Hawkeye, Hawkeye and his daughter, um, um, Ant-Man and his daughter. Yeah. So there's a lot of that, even, uh, just knowing what happened to Peter Quill with his father. And like, it's, I guess in a lot of the Marvel movies, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. even, I mean, Black Panther, all the, stuff like that. And I just, I thought it was just very interesting, an interesting way of looking at stuff. And there was some of those moments was like, oh, wow, for me. And it's one I wish my kid was old enough to see that movie. But uh, so that was a lot of stuff. Sorry, guys. Like I said, that's why we're sticking to the one thing. We're just fin- we're going to finish this off real quick. Uh, Rob, what did you just think of the movie? Where does it kind of lay in your world of movies? Um, I I got to put it. I, I probably got to put it top five just for just for the service that they did to pay off 10 years of Marvel movies. And they did an excellent job doing it. Stop. <laughs> She's they, like, bitch, it's number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they did an excellent job paying off all of these interpersonal relationships, giving homage to the movies that came first. I mean, this is the culmination of 10 years of Marvel movies. 22 movies. 22 movies. And I think they've done a masterful. And it's this, something we're n- never going to see again. Very likely not. It is It is the movie event of our lifetimes, I yes. think. You know, we were a little too old for the Star Wars, which is probably another one. Um, Wizard of Oz was probably one, that kind of thing. But I think that this, this the whole thing going to, will go down in history in some way, shape, or form and won't ever be matched. I, just, I don't think it can. Just... Absolutely. I have no idea what they're. I have no idea what they're going to do next. Like everything is going to pale in comparison. Yeah, I'm, I, and I fully expect this to. I mean, it's already done 1.2 billion worldwide. I fully expect this to make through worldwide. Yeah, easy. And I've um, seen it twice. Yeah, I, and I, I would go see it again. And oh, the IMAX 3D was fantastic, by the way. If you didn't see it, that I, way. I did see it that way. Okay, and yeah. I was, I was just going to say, on our give me five rating system, I would definitely rate this opening night IMAX. Yeah, pay for it's it, a, go see it. Yeah. And now, and you you need to see it on a big screen. There's so much going on in that battle that it's worth it, and with a good crowd too. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So just to answer the question I just asked you, um, I have a very hard like I have a very hard time saying definitively this is the best movie I've ever seen because I've seen so many movies and it right you know it's there's different types of movies. Say best action movie, yeah. But I left that movie and 
I got out around one. I was still awake at four because I was so energized. I couldn't fall asleep. It was by far the most satisfying movie experience of my entire life. And I'm hard pressed to say that. Yeah, I think the saying in my top five is probably a big thing, like is mm-hmm. probably what I would do, too. But it's very close to one for me. Yeah. Like, I loved all of the characters. I loved their interactions. Like you said, it was I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, you you know, movies are my thing. And I watch a lot of movies. And for me to say top five, it's. Yeah, because like that's even because there's movies that you like, you know, for example, my one of my favorite movies is The Crow. I know it's not the world's best piece of filmmaking, but there's a lot that goes into me liking that movie. Right. And this is where that kind of falls in. Right. Um, and like me and The Princess Bride. Yeah, exactly. So that is, you know, that. And I think we don't really have a specific Give Me Five question, but I do have one in mind. So since we're kind of doing this, uh, do you want to just do – what are your top five Marvel movies? Real, like just right off the top of your head. You're not going to be held to this, but – um, you want me to just list off five real quick? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Civil War is still my favorite. Or, well, is is one, well, no, this one is number one. Yeah. This one is by far number one. Um, but Civil War, so that's two. Um, I'll go with the first Avengers movie as well. Okay. So that's three? Yep. I really, I really liked Spider-Man. Okay. Really liked Spider-Man. Um, what, what others am I missing? Um, let's um, see. We've got the Wasp. Behold. I can give you my list if you want. So I just kind of wrote it down. Um, I'm going to say for me, even though it's not the best one, um, I'll put Iron Man at number five because of what it, re- it was the first time I ever saw a hero that I liked on, well, I like Batman, but I saw a hero on the screen in a way that was close to the comic book. And then of course the tag with the Avengers the initiative. Um, so Iron Man one, uh, oh. civil war or okay. sorry, not one, uh, Iron Man five. Civil War 4. Uh, Winter Soldier is really good, too, but I'm going to go with Civil War. Uh, Avengers 3, which I, I liked Avengers. I love Avengers. It still has – it does do that one thing that I hate where <laughs> – we'll talk about this soon – where the uh, big bad guy goes away and all of the drones kind of just collapse. But we'll get past that. All right. Wait, uh, Avengers, Avengers 3? No, Avengers is, is my number three, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Not – Avengers is my number three. Uh, Black Panther number two. And then Endgame is my number one. Okay. Um, I thought of oh, another shit. one. Oh, shit. Hold on. Fuck. I forgot Ragnarok. Yeah, I was just going to say Ragnarok was going to be on my list. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Ragnarok's going to have to bump Iron Man. That sucks. Yep. Ragnarok bumping Iron Man. Dang. You got Ragnarok down at four, huh? Five. All right. Five. Um, I'll say, man, and and you didn't even have Infinity War on yours. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, it's tough. But what's funny is, like, movie number six, maybe it would be Infinity War or I guess Iron Man now still better than most other movies I've seen, mm-hmm. which is absolutely crazy. That's like a level of quality of like Pixar. All right. I, I think I've got to put Spider-Man at number five. Okay. I'll put infinity war at number four. I'll put civil war at number three. Okay. No civil wars. Number two end game is number one. And number three is Ragnar, uh, Ragnarok. Okay. Nice. Uh, so if anyone wants to yell at us for our choices, uh, how can they get in touch with us? <laughs> well, um, also, we would love to hear what your top five Marvel movies are. But if you'd like to reach us, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Give Me Five podcast. Uh, we know us. there's a lot of you out there. Yes. Because and it's growing we'll every about, day. We'll, yeah, we'll talk, to, we'll talk to this when we actually have Jimmy there because he's obviously the big part of this. Mm-hmm. But we, I, I, our numbers jumped massively this past month and we're mm-hmm. thankful for everyone that's listening. Thank yes. You very, very much. 
We love all and, of you. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, come in contact with us. If the, you know, the one thing I would love for you guys to do is if there's something that's like really like a bad movie that you want us to watch or that you want to torture Jimmy with, do it. Yes. Like, let us know what it is. And we will, and Rob will definitely make Jimmy watch it because he'll put it on the list. Yes. And well, we also have something anyway. that was that was suggested by another by another person in our guild, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I have so, to try to find time for that. We'll we'll have to look into that. Um, but you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod, or you can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail dot com. And please, guys, please, we know there's a lot of you out there listening. Leave us a review on iTunes, whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us stand out, and it helps more people find us. Yes. So thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back uh, sometime in this next week. If you look around this episode on the feed, you will see our Game of Thrones episode three review. Big battle, which is not a big, oh. which is not a spoiler, but we'll only, we'll leave it there. So that will also be out hopefully this week as well. And uh, yeah, see ya. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.